It's the Lakeland Sports Guys. Good day to you, everybody. I'm Tom Carroll, Chris Cox. We've got the coach, Dan Spivey, in the house here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, the Monday edition of the Lakeland Sports Guys, which means we're going to review some of the big football games in the playoffs. We had nine teams in the Lakelands that ended up going to the playoffs on Friday night. We'll tell you how all of those teams did over the course of this next hour, hour and a half or so. Plus, we've got Carolina and Clemson both coming up with big wins uh, to go along with that. And then uh, you look at Coastal Carolina. Furman, you got to throw in Erskine on top of all of that. And boy, we got a busy, busy hour and a half coming up, coming your way. PC, don't forget about PC. <laughs> we can't forget them now, they're losing. Yeah, well, the minute we start talking about them, they'll end up uh, winning some more. So. Well, we need to talk about them. <laughs> All right, so we'll get into all of that. B-Rad's in the house. His happy hour is going to get ready to get underway here shortly. I want you to come on by. Enjoy some of the great specials that they've got here for lunch. And uh, Stan's usually here for breakfast time. You can come by and see the coach in the process of all that. Mm-hmm. And Willie. And Willie. All right, well, let's start with the high school action. Of course, uh, we'll start with the game we were at. We were at. Uh, what a night it was all the way around for the Greenwood Eagles. They come in. Uh, Manarian uh, Chambers had a fantastic game. We had, uh, And we were talking about this before the podcast started. He had over 100 yards in uh, rushing. And then you add in the three uh, – <laughs> Victory formations that he had to run afterwards. It came out to about 90 yards uh, total after that run. But he, I mean, what a game he really managed extremely well. And like I said, when you when we got ready to do player of the game, we all hit up the five fingers for him because, like I said, you know, it didn't stay hush hush, but there was a little situation at Greenwood, and that's why I, it, to me he was player of the game because he doesn't always get first team reps. I mean, he gets a lot of them, but he just doesn't always. He didn't get thrown into starting duty for the first time ever. I mean, he started before, but to come in and then do what you have to do and play your game really carefree, I think he plays a lot better that way. I'll be interested to see Friday night how much playing time he gets. Well, it was, it was interesting, too, to see the difference in the dynamics yeah. that you had between Tristan Lewis and, and Manarian um, in that regard. You had a quarterback that, uh, with Tristan Lewis that's a little more comfortable in the pocket and throwing it um, not quite as – I don't want to say he doesn't have good vision because he does have good vision, but Chamberlain has uh, an eye for where the ball needs to go. He's got that running, bo- running back instinct to go in there. And he threw some great balls. He threw some 50-50 balls on Friday night that uh, we, you know we couldn't take advantage of. But other than that, he was pretty accurate. I mean, the little outs that he threw to Alon Wade and um, – you know, Chambers and all of those guys. I mean, he had, he had some good throws. High percentage, man. That's what – like I said, that's one thing I know that Coach Dean's been trying to work with Tristan on is a high percentage fast from, like, me to stand, which is 5, 10 yards. Uh, but what it did do, it allowed, it allowed Tank Gary to take over the game. Like, And I told you, he likes North Augusta, man. So we need to just get Northwestern put the yellow jacket on the helmet and let him think they're playing him, and he'll get his 150. <laughs> but, yeah, he had a phenomenal game, and it's almost like – when they know he's going to be that feature back back there, it's like the lineman just like, yeah, we're going to make you a hole. And then, like I said, you know, we get up there, you know, we, we win that one and we go to the next game and it may be Mr. Wade, the Wade brothers or who. Your well, boy. Zion Hawkins had a fantastic night as well. He got, what, five catches for about 60 yards? He's been being targeted so. a good bit. And mm-hmm. then, like I said, you know, the tight ends are starting to get play. And, I mean, it, unfortunately, Tom, we're getting hot when – it's getting cold, and we're getting close to the end. So, we really just got to keep playing two or three more games, and let's go, man. I mean, we got a little road trip. 
Well, let's talk about the defense because the defensive line of linebackers, I thought they had something to prove. They got embarrassed, I think, uh, during that homecoming game at the beginning of the season. I think they had something to come in and something to prove, and I think they did that. You look at Michael Orr, he only had uh, really one big rush or one big play, and that was that uh, 48-yarder that that went for the touchdown. Other than that, uh, it was like two, three, maybe five yards if he was lucky. You're right. A lot of times he was first contact was in the backfield. And, uh, you know, a lot as far as the defense goes, yeah, North Augusta moved the ball 20 to 20. But four times we stopped them and made them go for a field goal on fourth down. Okay, the first three they were successful on, they were. But even on those three, if you go back and you watch the film, you'll see that there was pressure on this kid to kick. And in that fourth one, and we talked about it before we went on there. He saw that pressure coming. That ball should have been blocked. I don't know how it wasn't. And it, it came off of his foot way crazy funny. I'd rather have been blocked. It's like he yeah. tried to adjust it in the he middle did. of a kick or something. Yeah. Like that nature, so. But uh, the offensively, when you take the ball at the nine-yard line right after the other team has scored and you get the ball at the nine-yard line, and you start marching the ball down the field, you get a penalty. It's kind of like in battle. We had to we won we won the yardage and then we lost the yardage. Then we had to go win it back. And that one big play in that one was Pumpkin hit uh I think it was Hawkins on about a sixteen yard out mm-hmm. on a third and twelve. Well, next thing you know, we walking into the end zone to put seven on the board and we look up at the clock. The drive was eight minutes and like 45 seconds. I mean, almost nine minutes, 17 plays. Longest drive. Now, say, yeah. now, now we, we, we say it was a 91-yard drive, but by the time you start, I know me and Bill looked at it, and by the time you figured in the penalties and all that went against us, that we had to make that yard. We were well over 100 yards <laughs> in 17 plays and almost nine. But – it just showed the resilience of the offense and the fact that we're going to come out, we're going to smack you in the mouth, we're going to keep hitting you in the mouth, defensively and offensively. They had no answers for us, and we had answers for everything they tried. Well, we made them one-dimensional. They yeah. came basically trying to get to Michael Orr as best they, that they possibly – or uh, Doe. Doe as, as, you know, as much as they possibly can – Corey Tillman was a non-factor. Non-factor. That. That's the key to wins. Okay. I think I think we <laughs> I really got him that. a little bit early. We might have hit him on one of his little keepers, and he kind of said, wait a minute, I don't want to get hit like that. I know Brendan Servant introduced himself yeah. politely to him and about took the ball from him. Yeah. And I think he might have taken it away, but they ended up recovering it. But like I said, what you're talking about smacking in the mouth is what we've been – I mean, I have been praying for it all year. Just take that offensive lineman and just shut the crack down. Just shut it down. Don't give them anywhere to go. Just put their lineman in the way and make them try to become discombobulated is the word. But And that's what that defensive line did. That, that, they deserved a lot of credit yeah. on that as well. And then secondary, I mean, this kid's got a cannon. And secondary, we played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't, you know, Kamar Griffin played good defensively. But your man's going to be a star. I really believed it. Uh, Demarius Roman or whatever his name is, number 11, I think he's going to be good on both sides of the ball. And we got him for how many more years? He's a sophomore, so we got him two more. Two more years. Yeah. So I think he's going to be really good. And like I said, KB does what you ask KB to do. If it's return kicks, punts, kick, 
but he might even try to kick a field on this week. But I mean, and, like I said, these seniors don't want to go home. That's and, the whole key to it. And these, and part of that too goes back to our coaching staff, and we've talked about it all year, uh, even in the losses that this coaching staff gets the players offensively and defensively into the right place. And being as young as we are, okay, maybe we went right and should have zig left or maybe we we had uh, defensively we know we had games where we were trying to arm tackle instead of hitting. But when we come out and hit like we know Greenwood defenders can hit, we usually win the ball game. Because the other team gets tired of it. They get tired of getting hit, <laughs> especially that hard. <laughs> You're not supposed to hit me like that. And I think that's what some of the mouthing was about. But and, and uh, you know, there was a lot of jawing going on. A I think, whole I, lot. I think what happened is, well, you remember, it was 6-7 going into yeah. halftime. And, yeah. and uh, their first drive, they got all the way down to the one-yard line, could not punch it in, had to settle for a oh, kick. That yep. second kick uh, a couple of drives later, I think that's the one that got into their heads that, uh-oh, we may not win this ball yeah. game. We're, we're in trouble. We, this this yeah. game, we scored 48 points last week and still lost. <laughs> because we missed a, we had a field goal block late. We headed down that same road, except we're not scoring that many points this week because this team is keeping us out of the end zone. Yeah, and I think I think that got into their head, and that's when the giant really, really began, yeah. and that's when you started seeing personal fouls and being it was, distributed it was and stuff. The, so. Our offensive line <laughs> against their defensive line, and especially after that big long drive that we talked about. Uh, Greenwood just came out and played better. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I, I know Coach Liner doesn't like personal <laughs> fouls to be rabbit. I'm going to tell you something. When you start messing with that quarterback and you're an offensive lineman, you do your job. Coach Liner can get mad and run your tail off this week, and he's going to. But you protect your quarterback no matter what. Because, like I said, there were two or three plays that they actually looked like they stepped over him after they took him to the ground. Mm-hmm. And any center or something, they like, all right, I've already messed up by missing the tackle or missing the block. You're not going to step over my man. Because they were cutting, that's what it was over a couple of times was over pumpkin. And the fact that they, they were there trying to help him up, and you had other guys trying to keep him down. And I, I don't mind that, I, you know, I, I don't like the chippiness and everything, but you know, you, who that's blamed on. You blame not on the officials because they continue to let it happen. Mm-hmm. They let them play. Like you said, they were letting them play. I mean, there were several times I wish we should have blown, and they, they were tackled on both sides of balls that probably should have been penalties. But the, the whistles weren't blown to down the play. Well, the one, uh, Personal foul that North Augusta got, and and I'm saying North Augusta was flagged for it, but in my opinion, and this is just me, okay, and I can't remember which running back it was. We handed off. He tried to go up like through the A gap. North Augusta met him, and I mean they pushing him back six seven yards. No whistles blown. Finally, he goes to the ground. I don't know, the ball may have come loose or not come loose, but then all of a sudden, this North Augusta kid just comes in and, you know, hits the Greenwood <laughs> guy standing there, and then all of a sudden the flag comes out. Well, if you'd have blown the whistle when you should have, that play would have never happened, and that kid never would have gotten a personal foul. I, I, blame, I put that one blame on yeah and this was lopsided as far as, as penalties went to oh, at God. one point at the end it, it was, was uh, greenwood had 10 penalties for 115 yards yep. and uh, they had five penalties for 25 yeah 
Yeah, ours were all of the 15. Theirs were all of, like, the little false stars and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, but you, look, you can correct that kind of thing, Tom. Like I said, you run tails off and all that kind of stuff today and get them ready. But. Oh, they'll, they'll get some of that because of what happened after the game when the North Augusta players were still jawing at the Greenwood players on the sidelines. Yeah. And the coaches had to get between the two teams. And, and see, that's one thing. In the past, North I didn't realize, I didn't think that Coach Bush was that kind of guy. And yeah. he may not be, and he may just have lost a little bit of control with his players too. But that's one thing I thought because I know he's from that area. He's from North, he's Augusta. From North Augusta. He played ball there and everything else. But like I said, I like the fact the coaches were doing what they were supposed to do on both sides of the ball and didn't get out of hand, no fights, and anything like that. Because last thing we would have needed was a personal foul kick at the start of the game. Because then he's not going to start the next game, which we're going to probably need him anyway. But all in all, we got the revenge game. That's what me and you called it. Yep. It was a re- revenge game. We go to North Augusta, take it back from them. And I, I even put on, on our on, not on our page, on CSRA, I said, you know what? You stole from us, and we just stole one from you. So we're even on steals. <laughs> so. Well, I would like to, too, here again, for the umpteenth week this year, uh, we were set up on the behind yeah, our, our stands and uh, <laughs> to broadcast the game, and we were right there close to the gate when the Greenwood people were coming in and, you know, a lot of guys came by and gave us fist bumps and, you know, before the game. And Bill and I were sitting there and we looked across the way at the North Augusta stands and there wasn't a lot of people there. And so we walked down toward the field and we looked back and the Greenwood sideline was full. Now, we'll say that we did have our little band down there on the left-hand side from us. But they don't take up that much room. There were a lot of Greenwood people there. And I would be willing to bet you we had as many, if not more, than North Augusta did. Because they never filled their stands up. Their stands were never close I, to being We full. said the whole time, and I even looked at Tom when we went to a break, and I was like, guess we might should have stayed in the press box because they solved that problem also. <laughs> I didn't even see the two guys on the stage. They might have been sitting in the front one of where we usually sit. <laughs> But like I said, all in all, man, all year long, fans have shown out. They've been loud, proud, and we'll see them Friday. I'm sure of that. They'll be there Friday, loud and proud. Heading up to District 3 Stadium. By the way, Rock Hill lost up there, so there's no <laughs> conflict this week with you the did. stadium. Um, Greenwood will be there 730 Friday night. But there is rain in the forecast. <laughs> this deja right. vu from last year. We couldn't have a Saturday game, guys. If, this, if, this, I'm, if I'm Coach Liner, I'm telling this cat, look, we'll play in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not doing this we're not, it's not Join all of you know it, it might be bad that you have to share a, a turf field with another school and it gets played on three and four times a week all year that's your fault that's not my fault <laughs> you know y'all come down here and play us we can play in the rain down here we got turf we're good to go yeah <laughs> I don't think they're calling for any thunderstorms. They're just calling for some showers. That's true. Don't call this game off and put us on Saturday. I got tickets. I got to go somewhere else. I say go Saturday, man. I don't care about getting out somewhere. My wife's going to be mad at me because the young ones are coming up from the beach. So She's pulling for a Saturday game, too. No, she's not. She don't, she don't want to have to drive in that traffic. Oh, I don't blame her. <laughs> All right, uh, so congrats to the Eagles. They win in round one. The other uh, victorious team in the first round of the South Carolina High School League playoffs for 2023 is the Abbeville Panthers. Uh, again, uh, and you'll hear Benji, he, he, he 
he'll talk about it uh, as well as a lot of people in 1A um, and 2A is the first couple of rounds really are kind of no, are nonsense rounds. I mean, you know, you got teams that probably shouldn't be playing um, that are in there, and, and this is one where Abbeville had played Columbia last year. Remember, it was it was over in the first quarter. This one took a, a little bit longer, but still Abbeville comes up with 320-plus yards of offense. Um, they have seven sacks on the defensive side. You look at, at Carson – and uh, Mr. Norman went for four touchdowns Yeah, is when I counted. Stats were crazy. Yeah, unreal uh, in that regard. But, my goodness, they just – I mean, Columbia, you know, time and time again, twice they've drawn Abbeville in the first round two years in a row. I think if I'm that coach, man, I'm just saying I'm going to be – he said, listen, I like playoffs. But, I mean, you seriously do have to look at it because, I mean, Strum Thurman, that was no game either. And they got Keenan, who they normally get at Abbeville. But you take a look at it, and this is something that I think Jerome and Lou would look at because you also take a 5A game, Irmo and Colleton County, which ends up what, Tom Carroll, 85 to nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should never have been played. Just give them a first-round bye. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they played that good of a season like Jamie Nichols and Abel has, give them a first-round bye. Well, I think with this year with the realignment, I think the realignment ought to go toward the playoff alignment too. You know, our region shouldn't have to draw the Northwesterns and the South Points every year. Let's let's flip-flop regions here somewhere. Put us playing somebody else. Put them playing somebody else. It's, um, it's just crazy the way it happens. And like you say, why is 96 playing Columbia? Let's realign it. Let's play. Let's let them play somebody from another region somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's change the region, put the way the regions are set up to or to play. Instead it. of Region 1 versus Region 4, yeah. maybe let's go back to Region 1, one and, and two, 2 that are closer together. At least for two years. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a realignment every two years, let's do this every two years. That keeps – People like Abbeville from playing Columbia every week, every year in the first round. It keeps people like Greenwood from playing North Augusta and beating them in the first round every year. Uh, give North Augusta somebody that they think they might can beat. Because <laughs> we know they're not going to beat Greenwood. I like. I do uh, like that. Two years in a row now. Yeah. Well, longer than that, that goes back to the Pippin area. Even, it or does. No, to the Cathcart uh, Cathcart area because they came up here twice and we just sent them back home. And that was for upper state championship yeah. was one of them. And yeah, yeah. So, and the semis. Yeah. I, I think realignment's going to be fun this year, guys. I don't, is there a way to go to that? Can you buy tickets to the realignment party and no, that's hear the a, coaches and ads? Right, I'd love to see that. That'd be like Doctor <laughs> Phil or something. Yeah. Well, you can go, you can go to the the protests and 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 yeah. see those and see you know you know they're going to say no to begin with just so you can go yeah. to the pallet yeah. committee in in that regard. And so. We'll find well, out. This may be a more interesting year because the competition committee is going to be involved with it. We hope. <laughs> we, we hope. hope. <laughs> we hope competition. All right. Well, uh, Columbia led time of possession and uh, total number of possessions because Abbeville ended up scoring just about every play that they had. And Remember last year, it was every play. What yeah, and, 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 you know, and the thing about it, their drives are taking a minute, two minutes at the max, and Columbia's getting the ball and holding it for four because they're milking the clock trying to keep that Bill offense off the field. Yeah. But then the defense comes in and – Watched Phil with them, so. Yeah, running clock in the second half, 46-6, uh, yeah. to six, the final that went over at Height Stadium. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, that was a fun one all the way around. Uh, Jamie Nichols has the, the guys rolling when they need to in the right time that they need to. It seems like they, they've solved their kicking woes. Uh, special teams. Lyman the game seems to be going well. Lyman's healthy again, so. They're, they're, and it's, they, it has to be that way because we've already said two and three are going to be the, the regions. I, I, we, I think two and three are going to be the regions. And sooner or later you're going to have that matchup with somebody. I don't know who it'll be, but hopefully I know who I want to be for Abbeville, but I don't, I, they'd have to go through another team. So. All right. Well, let me look real quick here and, and see where uh, we want 2A, right? Yeah, they got Newberry, I believe, <laughs> is what I got on. Yeah, they I'm got Newberry, but if yeah. you look uh, oh, the next kind of where they're at, the I mean. The next one could be. It's the Peach, the the Peach yeah. Fields. Yeah. yeah, you could see a Silver Bluff or um, Fairfield Central out of that one. You could. In that third You got Gray Lumen, too, though. So. Yeah, it's the one down below that, uh, the lower bracket of the upper state, where you got Strom Thurman and Keenan this week. That's going to be interesting to see. With Keenan ended up beating uh, uh, 96. We'll talk about that game here next. And then you got Gray and Chesney um, matching up in this one. Gray, of course, uh, they've been rolling. You know, they ran over Pillion 62 to nothing, but everybody pretty much has. So it's hard to gauge just where they are. And they really haven't played a region foe in five weeks. No. No, and that's, I mean, we'll see what happens. Chelsea's a pretty good football team. Yeah. Yep. So, so there's some great matchups coming up, particularly in, in the third round of everything. Come yeah. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the 96 matchup with Keenan. You heard Coach Bennett on Thursday talk about that shadow 50, uh, shady 50 that they like <laughs> to run defensively in that regard. And, and, boy, if it didn't do a job on 96 in this one, 24-21 as Keenan ends up winning this again, you know, towards the end of regulation. Yeah, I, I like I said, man, I eat my crow when I can. Come to Howard's, you got the best barbecue sauce in town but um he was right i felt shade 50 was a defense you didn't want to play because you but evidently man he had a little bit of trouble with it and keenan did what they had to do offensively and like i said they i really enjoyed the interview with i sent you with bobby hamby and coach and even his wife we got in on there and she just like it just it's tough to be a coach's wife and you know she was in tears because they didn't want to finish the season in 96 and so like I said, I'm, I, like I will say this, I, if there's a comeback coach of the year, not a comeback, but a new coach of the year, it's got to be Bennett at 96 because he came in and he came in rather late remembering the process. Mm-hmm. And what he did up there, man, is phenomenal. And uh, I don't know if you got it. Have you got the season in an interview with him or not? No, I don't. Okay. I didn't know well, if you were doing it with them, with the coaches on their, what the, the couple that you do them anyway. I didn't know if you were going to do them and let them have their little hurrah or whatever. But all in all, he's proud, and I think we all should be proud of Lakeland because he has turned that program around in one year. Well, and I think that's what – this loss hurts. We, we know it does because this was a five coming into a two at home. But if you had asked the 96 people at the first of the season or last year, at the end of last year, you think y'all going to be in the first round of the playoffs next year, ranked number two, and playing a five at home? Every one of them would have probably said no. Oh, they would so yeah. they, they, They've got uh, – the future is very bright down there in the 96 town. Yeah, we already know who the quarterback will be next year. So, <laughs> And he's got, he's got experience. Yeah, the yeah. thing with this game, though, is is, is – they concent- they didn't concentrate on the quarterback. They concentrated on Zay, like and he, they they said if we can take that guy away, then we can stop. We can stop, and that's what that's what they tried to do, and pretty much did. And see, that's what I when that's what I was hoping you were going to go see, Coach. I was going how to quit. Shade fifty. That's what it's the opposite of what it's supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. She, she's supposed to concentrate on the quarterback receivers and shutting that down totally. And then if your running back does something, then, you know, we got to go back and we got Jess at halftime and then go to a bear or whatever you want to call it back in the old days. But I was totally stunned to see that score, just like I think I we think all we were. all were. We were all just, what happened, you know? But, hey, great year for 96, yeah, yeah. man. Fantastic. Congrats yeah. to the Wildcats. And they got a really good football coach. Be proud of him. And, like I said, he wants to be there. And I tell you what, I can't – next year will be fun when it won't, Tom. It will. It will. <laughs> but Keenan advances. Um, they'll get to go on the road over to take on the Rebels of Strom Thurmond on Friday night, uh, who ended up beating Landrum 49-7 to in that regard. All right. Um, looking at the uh, Saluda Tigers, uh, this one we didn't see coming either. We thought for sure this would be a, a tough matchup, and it was, but we saw Saluda coming out on top. Um, they couldn't overcome, though, the deficit. I mean – <laughs> you look at what Newberry did. They opened up 17 nothing at halftime. Yeah, I mean, and you're right because they haven't done that all year. I think Newberry, on an average, they're only averaging about, about that a game. They, offensive, they're not that really that great. But, I mean, they came into that game with – and like I said, we were worried all week or the past two months about injuries, where they recovered from everything. And evidently, maybe they weren't. They were missing a couple of players or something. I don't know. But like I said, that just was – I saw the characteristics of Coach Young, I'll tell you that. Because like I said, Stewart's got him usually ready to play. And home game, but it's hurt on the field. And you just – when you see the scores, another one, you just say, what? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The thing with Newberry is, and we've all seen Newberry play um, year after year, is, is – I mean, they've got athletes. But they don't just have athletes. they got big athletes. They do. And, and that's what you're going up against. Is, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these smaller schools have guys 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", um, roughly around that area. Newberry, for some reason, seems to grow them at 5'11", and higher, um, at corners, at running back, everywhere. So, I mean, you're looking at a team that, that looks like more like a 3 or 4A team than, um, than a 2A team in this regard. But, you know, Newberry's always a tough out. No tough matter out. what yeah. their record is, they have been a tough out every year. And it seems like they have a new coach every year. And they just keep moving with it. You know, he lost what's the name the other year. But yep. like I said, great season for them, and they move on. So, All right. Um, another team we need to talk about, uh, the Emerald Vikings. Uh, we knew they were going up to take on the Bears for the second time. And um, this one they uh, ran into uh, the second-ranked team versus the number three-ranked team in the state. <laughs> the same team, actually. Um, and that being the Bears of Belton Honeypath, the final this one, 64-7 to um, to go along with it. But Emerald's season comes to an end. They did get the win out of all that. Key Holloway, um, you know, lone touchdown that he scores for the Vikings in this regard. But they've, they've got a lot to build on, in my opinion, coming into next year. This game... You know, you, you knew it was going to be tough, and you, all the pressure, I thought, was on BHP in this one. But BHP, again, uh, causing turnovers on their defense. Everybody talks about their running backs. It's their defense that really sets everything up. I was going to ask you, we talk about Louisville, and these teams are holding teams only 2 and 6 and 12 points for the season. That defense has got to be close to that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt they've given up probably 30 points all year. And, I mean, that's what they lead with. They run the ball well. They got, what, the two running backs back there. They got a quarterback that can be a really good player. And, I mean, they're a really tough out. And, like I said, they're, I feel like they're going to go a long ways in three. We'll see how far they go. But I think they'll go a good ways. Well, this is a case, too, with Emerald that, um, much like Greenwood, you better beat them this year because yeah. they're playing a lot of young folks. And they've got more young folks coming up from the JV team next year that uh, – they're going to be able to put in there. And a lot of these one, two, three-point games that they had this year, 
it's going gonna, it's gonna to flip and go Emerald's way next year. And great coaching staff over there. They know what they're doing. They're doing it the right way. So let's get ready for next year. Coach. Yeah, I know they're ready. Looking forward to it. There's some interesting matchups coming up in 3A this week in the upper state. Um, you got Daniel at home taking on Wren and the Hurricanes. Uh, that a repeat game of what and happened. And the other in one was crazy. Um, that's nuts. That's there. Um, and then you got Chapman and Chester. Another rematch coming up in the second round. Chapman barely, barely beat Chester in the first time. Here they are matched up again in the second. It's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> it is. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> and then you got Ch- uh, Clinton and Broom in the second round, and also a BHP and Pendleton. So uh, you look at all four of these upper state games are just huge. Pendleton's going to be a pretty tough team game for them, too. But like I said, all of those, you get, but you go, that's what you got now to well, the end of the year. You're going to have just, to play to win it. And you just about, if you're going to bet on these games, pretty much bet on the home team because that's <laughs> what's going to be the deciding factor. And you can't count out the lower state. When you look no. at the brackets here, you got Dylan playing at home against Camden. You can't count the Bulldogs out. They always seem to go on a good run in the playoffs. Uh, Hannah Han has Gilbert. Um, Gilbert a little down during the regular season, but they're always tough in the playoffs. Uh, Brooklyn Casey has surprised everybody this year. They get Phillip Simmons. And then you got Crestwood and Buford. That's going to be a game. That'll be the uh, game best of the lower mouth, country. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of rundown of the 3A and what's coming up this Friday night to go along with it. All right, let's look at the 1A as uh, we'll start with Calhoun Falls. They went to take on the number one team in the state in Louisville. And uh, Louisville comes away with a 52 to nothing win in this one as the number one ranked uh, team, uh, the Blue Flashes. Uh, I thought they had a fantastic job. They, in my opinion, give them credit for going out and trying to beat these guys. Well, the one thing I want to say about Calhoun Falls is our prayers go out to them. Uh, they had two kids that unfortunately lost their lives in a car wreck, and one of those guys was a player on the football team. And as small a school as Calhoun Falls Charter is, as small a numbers of players that the football team has, they can't afford to lose anybody by any kind of means. And then not only to lose the player, but it's a player. It's, it's, it's one of the brothers. It's one of the guys that's been out there with the blood, sweat, and the tears through all this. And now he's not there. And they're having to deal with that. And all of a sudden, now you got to go to take on the number one team in, in 1A. Nah, that, was, that was a, well, a disastrous plan going in whatever you want to call it. I'm really proud of Coach Theus, though, because, like I said, <laughs> offensively he brings in Kelly Bryant um, because, like I said, most of the Calvin Falls community is Bryant for the most part. And they've gone from barely being able to field a team to now to actually having basically two Some different winning. sides. Yeah, you, you basically have 20, 30 players now, whereas you were dealing with 8 to 10, to maybe 15 if you were lucky. And they've done a good job. They're building. They're going to be better. Uh, like I said, they're going to want to play football now. And like I said, it, that's just difficult, like what Stan's talking about, because that's basically two out of the past three weeks. We had Chesney first, yep. Chesney first in 2A, and then now them in 1A. And like I said, they're a lot closer to us in Lakeland. So uh, tough all around, like you say, and that's another one of those games. You, But, you know, as Coach Theus, do you do you want to just give them the first-round body? you want to take a, go up there and play them? I, I mean, I think every coach is going to want to play the game. 
Yeah. I don't think they're going to want to buy. I let them go, and we'll just yeah. go home. But, um, like I said, tough out for them. And, like I said, I think you'll see how good Louisville is coming on down, too, because, like I said, they were – I know I picked them to win it this year, and that's hard for me to do with Southside, St. Joe's. And well, they got to run the gauntlet now. They get St. Joe's this Friday night. Yep, I saw then that. possibly either Calhoun County or Southside Christian in week three of the playoffs. And then after that, they could possibly end up with Christchurch. Yeah, exactly. That, the three privates. And then I'm telling you that Hampton County game is going to be huge, too. So there was some controversy in that one. So we need to keep watching the, the state or whatever, watch the Cyclone High School League, because evidently there was a, a little bit of a fight. Skirmish that broke out on slamming a quarterback down. So there may be some players that Hampton may lose from that. A couple of players that were in on that play. But it was dirty. I saw it on, like I said, one of those Augusta channels. And it was a, it was a late hit, and then he slammed him on top of that. So when it started a little bit of a – Fruckus That'll get everybody going. Yeah, and like I said, that's you, even at smaller schools like one, you can't lose players. No. So. Yep. Um, uh, another game that took place in, in the McCormick Chiefs, boy, they gave Blackville Hill a run for their money. 47-20 being the final in this, but it was much closer than that That score indicates uh, overall. But McCormick season comes to end 3-8 and eight, uh, as of right now uh, at the end of their season. But it started out rough. It really did. But they came on strong towards I like, the like I said, every time we've had touchdown cut, Coach Collier, you know, I've all, you know, I like, I sneak them all out. I go to them and see what they got to hide anything from us. But Coach Collier has been a great guy from day one, and and like I said, I told him I promised. Him, I said, look, we're going, you're going to be one of our guys next year. He said, I come to you if that's if you got food. I was like, well, they got food, so we'll try to line something with Coach uh, Collier up. But yeah, you start out the way you start, man. Abbeville and Lincoln, and and uh, that's a pretty start to a football season. That's that's a schedule. Well, that and he, you first year head coach, yeah. so you're yeah. having to implement a new offense on top of all this but you do have a north south player in cam uh, that comes in and, and you know really i think cam likes to play defense more than he does, he does. offense when i talk he to does. him um but he's a great offensive running back as well i think newberry's looking at him and i think i remember his brother works at one of the stores in mccormick and he was saying he thought that he was going to be able to, to go to newberry and probably do both run the ball a little bit and play linebacker. And I think that's what he wants to do. He wants to, the possibility to, to be able to do both. So I think that's what the key is for him. And so, and like I said, I know that's one of the schools looking at him. And, uh, you know, if you're Erskine, well, we won't even go there because that's, that's for a different topic. But, um, you know, these, these players now that they're out, I mean, if you're, if you're shot boyding them, I mean, that's when you can see the icing on the cake and who you can go get now because some of these guys have graduated. Go to Lakeland's coach and look see what you can get. So, Well, you know, he did come in, and I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but Lomax did sign. Lomax, yeah. out, the running back out of West Shoals, did sign to play at Erskine next year. He's already done Justice that. is served. Yep. So they got a good one that's there. Yep. And that's another one of those athletes, too, that can play uh, – that play – Yeah. Plays, so. I think I even saw where he's even kicked an extra point before. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about Dixie. Uh, we thought this game was going to be a little closer than it was. 49-12 being the final in this one. Um, you know, Macby is Macby. They play against Louisville. Uh, they got clobbered by Louisville <laughs> the week previous to all of this. So they had a, a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth looking to get back in the win column. But I really thought Dixie, to take advantage of this, they had to go through the air. They had to go through Ferguson uh, in order to do that. And um, I do give credit to Macby coming up defensively. I, from what I hear, this was a, a, a battle until about the middle of the third quarter. 
Well, from what I heard from the people that I talked to up at Dixie that uh, attended the game, uh, a lot of people, you know, when you lose a ball game, it, it goes to the officials cost us the ball mm-hmm. game. I talked to numerous people, and every one of them almost verbatim told me the same thing. It seemed like every time that Dixie would have a big play or a quality play, you'd look over there and all of a sudden there's a yellow flag on it. If the other team Bethesda. had a good play <laughs> yeah. or a bad play, you look over there and there's a flag, and it was something that Dixie had done. And they said it was that way. Said we could we held them off for a while, and that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. through the first two or three quarters. But it finally caught up with them. Right. And now I don't know if that's true. I hadn't seen any game film or anything, but they just said it seemed like the officials were against them. Well, you just have to make you know, the the folks at Dixie that went. Knows what it was like. So <laughs> one thing about it, you, Coach Sarr is not going to be the one you're going to hear from. I promise you that. No. He's just going to say we got beat by a better team, Dang. and look, we looking forward to next to next year, man. I mean, so right. and that's one coach that will be better next year, and you know oh, yeah. why? Right by that school and look at that new weight room he's got, <laughs> and you better believe he's going to expect every one of them boys to be in that nice, bright, shiny building. Yeah, I think we, me and Tom took a good bit of pictures of that thing. <laughs> we didn't walk around to the front though because. I think your wife was saying it's going to be three stories. It's three story building. It's going up, and they've already got some of the walls up with the elevator shaft and everything else. So, Urch can better nice. get on their shoes, or else they're going to. got a feel. they got one more year yeah. after this year over at Greenwood. Greenwood. So, yep. Yep. we'll see how that turns. All right. Well, let's talk about Greenwood Christian uh, as they had to go on a long, long drive long all the way drive. down to. Uh, Savannah. Savannah take on Bethesda Academy in this one. That uh, when you look at Bethesda Academy, uh, this has just been a team that's been loaded year in and year out. But um, fifty to six was the final in this one. Um, you know, uh, Kate Heaton I still ended up throwing for what two hundred and seventy yards, basically yep. had his normal game. Um, yeah, one touchdown to go along with all of that. Uh, you got a chance to get the freshman in there, uh, Leland Reed, as well. But um, rushing the ball is where Green or uh, Greenwood Christian had a little bit of trouble. Even Heaton uh, minus four yards on the night. Um, Reed had two. Uh, the leading ball carrier was uh, sophomore Cole Hamby. He was seven for nineteen yards on the night. So I mean, well, Bethesda, Bethesda did a, a a numerous job of stopping the run. Well, that just tells you that they probably had a better defensive line than the Greenwood Christian offensive line, and just made up their mind that they were going to make. Greenwood Christian one-dimensional and take the run game away from them, and that's what they did. Well, they, they, I think they've tried to stop Winnington, but they knew he was going to get his numbers, as we all say. Yeah. Five catches, 160 yards, <laughs> one touchdown to go along with it. His longest was a 58-yarder uh, in that regard. I mean, those that, that combination has just been huge all season long. And, of course, with Owen being a senior in this one and Kate only a junior, they got the quarterback coming back. But they've got some young talent. I, th- I think you'll see uh, uh, Hampton Davis kind of be the premier yeah, back. Yeah, you're right. I, I think so, too. Uh, I, like as I sent you stats, that's why I got them right here. I had to pull them up to remember it. But, I mean, 281 total yards, Stan, and 268 are on the ground. So, that means that's only, what, 10, 11, 12, 13 yards rushing. And it was just the opposite for the other team. They had 451 yards, and they only had 141 passes. And that one kid, that's 310 total rushing yards. So, it had to go to two guys. But, I mean, 
And that's one thing Aaron Christian's been able to do this year, but except the last two games. Orangeburg prep ran the ball like that, and then they did. But this Bethesda team, I don't think they've lost in six years. I mean, in three or four years. Mm-hmm. So, they're a solid team down there. They're one of them private schools that you don't. I mean, but like I said. go out and get who they want. A lot of people just still don't understand how you got a Savannah team playing in skis. And you got, like I said, my grandparents' church off Broad Street plays in the same one. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Not enough teams to play. So that's why you got a Savannah team that can win skis this year. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, well, you sent me an interesting proposal as a possibility. What if Kate Heaton ended up coming to Greenwood? <laughs> I, I, that, me, that, let, that, made, that got me thinking. I was like, wow, that would yeah. be something. If, For if the, something ones that, the ones that have the questions, that I'm not the guy. Tom Carroll's the guy, I, and his number's on that thing, too. I, I love filling the questions because I know I can go to you and get an honest answer from you. And I, I told the lady, I said, listen, I said, I've been around Greenwood enough to know I'm a graduate. I, we don't do it that way. I don't, I don't think that's the way that we get handled. And we did have a kicker the other year that we picked up from Emerald, but, I mean, that's just because he's zoned to go wherever he wants to. But at some point in time, and that would be a question for Sparky, you know, if you want to put him on the spot. Um, the thing is, is, is Cade's not going to get pressure to come to Greenwood. He'd, he'd have to come over on he'd his own to, to do it. Right. All but right. it's, it's like I told you, first and foremost, there's a reason he's going to Greenwood Christian in that regard. And, and more than nine times out of ten, it's academics. Yeah. Well, I, I'll give you another reason. I, even in the big city of Troy, I was recruited to play at Long Cane Academy. I didn't want to play it because it was small school. I wanted to play where it was going to be, like Greenwood, where it would be, whatever it would be. But um, he does have the ability to play there. I just feel like with a lot of families like Greenwood Christian because there's no longer that Christian aspect in a public school. Right. And I think that's why the the, the Christian schools are doing as well as they're doing, and you're seeing more and more and more of them. But – yeah, when she asked me that, I was like, you know, I I think you and I talked about that earlier this year. We were talking about a new offense going in, and we looked around at quarterbacks, and we, we saw Kate Heaton and what he was doing first two or three games, and we're like, wonder why Coach didn't make that call over there and say, hey. But, but Coach has told us straight up, we recruit our halls. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're not, we're not yeah. going to recruit the community now. If a kid wants to transfer in here and the school will let him transfer in here and he meets all the requirements that – not only our athletic department requires of the student, but the state requires of him. Yeah, he'll get his chance. That don't mean he's going to come over here and be number one at any position. He'll have to win his position in practice just like everybody else does. I see you something else since we're talking about recruiting. Um, and this goes to Coach Collier. And we talked about it going to the game. Michael Gasson's the lineman's name. He was at Carolina. He was on the sidelines, and I think he has been offered by the Gamecocks. But if you go to Max Preppy, you look at where he's from. He's from McCormick, South Carolina, but he plays for North Augusta. Mm-hmm. You, but Stan's explained to me a hundred times why it's allowed, and I just don't see it. If you're going to play football for North Augusta, you, I don't agree with online classes. You need to be in the school and doing everything that other students are doing or else go to McCormick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand why the high school leagues are letting all this stuff happen because think about that one guy. McCormick, Coach Pratt talked a bunch about losing players to Lincoln County, and now you got one that lives in McCormick and he's going to North Augusta for football? That just doesn't seem right. And, and not only that, but a player that now has a Division One offer to Carolina. So, what difference could he have made oh, being at McCormick? 
six. What did I tell you? What was that? Six, six, six yeah, something. Yeah. Three hundred yeah. pounds. Yeah. Three twenty. And plays basketball. <laughs> I mean, I know they would like to have him put a basketball team. I just maybe I just need to sit down with Coach and say, Hey, man, look, me and you had our issues in the past, Coach Singleton, that is, and say, Listen, I need you to come on podcast, man. We'll come to you. We'll go to Columbia, but like I said, it's good year. Like I said, I mean, really good player, and I just thought about what Coach Collier could have done with him and McCormick. I just don't understand the the rules and the reasons. All right, uh, and let's uh, we got to go over four A and five A as far as the brackets go. Greer gets Greenville. That's going to be of- uh, Greenville's got to go to Gurr. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Um, that should be a fairly good game. Is both uh, you know that's a one versus two matchup there. Greenwood, of course, is at Northwestern. We'll talk about that next week. Um, this second time. Second year in a row, second round that Greenwood has to go up there to District Three. Uh, York gets West Side. Um, West Side, of course, uh, uh, a big win over Airport, forty-two to nothing. We knew that was going to be. But Midland Valley, they get to host South Point in this one, and I think this is where the Mustangs uh, <laughs> are going to have a little trouble with Thoroughbreds. I, I will, like I said, I'll go on record. Now. I mean, Trayvon Dunbar is a terrific athlete. I was able to ask. I told you I sat with one of the coaches the other day, and they're worried about his size for running back. I mean, he's a big kid. He's like 6'3", 6'4", big build, flashy back. But that's what we need. Eh? Clemson, Carolina, both of these players like that. But um, grades is what we're dealing with, I think, on that situation. But uh, going into it now, I'm, I will go ahead. And I, I mean, we won't even wait. I, this is going to be a game I think South Point can come from Rock Hill and win that game in Graniteville. Oh, yeah. All right, in the lower states, you got uh, South Florence hosting Richland Northeast. Uh, Lucy Beckham gets another home game, this time against Lancaster. Um, and Lancaster, uh, 26-14 win over Ridgeview. That's, that was a pretty bad big surprise. Yeah. Um, you got Myrtle Beach. They get to host Irmo. Irmo has to go on the road uh, in this one. It's two and number one matchup. That's a two-and-a-half-hour ride. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says in any vehicle. Yep, so two number one matchups that are there. Uh, or uh, one versus two. Irma, I'm sorry, Irma ended up second because White Knoll took yep. first in that region. Yep. Um, and of all things, Dutch Fork ended up fourth or third. And uh, that'll be another matchup in the 5A rankings. And then you got uh, Hartsville uh, taking on James Island at James <laughs> Island. So That's a team that kind of is scary yeah. from, from lower state. But I, mm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I AJ Bland's a real deal, and why the, the Spurrier and the rest of that crowd aren't sleeping in his mom's house is beyond me. Because I'm gonna tell you, the kid can throw it. He throws it forever, and he don't. They don't mind. I, there was a there was a quote asked to the coach on one of the um, Columbia stations, Channel 10. How did the score get to be 85 to nothing? And coach just simply smiled and said, "We run, we continue to run our offense. We're not gonna not run our offense. Stop us." So. It could get that way again because I think he's out to prove a point now. I think now it's about stop us or else we're just we're not going to let off the gas. Mm-hmm. Stop us. So and that could be now that could be an interesting matchup down the road also because at some point in time they could meet a Northwestern and both teams averaging sixty a game. That'd be one of me. I definitely got to be at that one because I love the offense. You want defense? Well, we'll, we'll if it happens, so. we'll go. 
Uh, let's see. But we got some other great games in 5A in the matchups coming up this week. T.L. Hanna is home against Dutch Fork. Dutch Fork ended up getting their quarterback um, about three weeks ago, came back from injury. Uh, you got Clover hosting Gaffney Ooh. in this one. Um, and Gaffney, we've seen the struggles they've had defensively um, mm-hmm. to go along with it. How about this? Spartanburg has to go on the road to J.L. Mann. A team that's really come on in the last two or three years. J.L. Mann's they've just their whole program just stepped out of the shadows and they're they're a good team. Yeah, Spartanburg the four seed. They beat Rock Hill, the one seed last Friday night, uh, thirty one to seven. Now they get to ho- get to go on the road again. And then uh, Burns ends up destroying uh, Dorman. They are gonna get to host Hillcrest in this. This is a fun matchup. This is round two. This is round two. And there's not much road to separate those two. No, not at all. You just, uh, what, a little short ride down 385? Yeah. You didn't really go take the back roads to get yeah. two steps. <laughs> so. And then uh, you got uh, White Knoll in the lower state taking on Fort Dorchester. You got Stratford at home against my Gamecocks of Sumter. Um, Somerville is at home against Berkeley. And then Carolina Forest, uh, they get a home game against West Ashley, who ended up beating Goose Creek 30-21 uh, to 21 last week. Dorchester Road has four teams still in this thing. I, I don't know if I'd bet against that. Carolina Forest team because they've got a defensive coordinator down there now. <laughs> well, we've seen uh, we've seen what we he know can do. what he can do. So yeah, we've seen his coaching style. He retired from Sandy Creek and made his way all the way over to Carolina Forest as the DC. And like I said, it's a good match. And you know what? I, for all the times I have put Tom Lott down, let me just say this, Coach: you didn't forget the game. You finally saw what injuries can do to a team. Dang. And then you fought your way back. So let me give you the credit for it. I mean, because you could have easily shut it down, and you didn't. I mean, I know the 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 trust or the principal and everything were on you pretty hard. I know the fans were, but good job fighting it back. And I mean, who knows what he'll do now? All right. Uh, so with that being said, and concludes our high school aspects of everything uh, that are there. We'll have more uh, talk about this week's game coming up on Thursday's podcast. Should be a fun one. If you want to be here at Howard's on Main about two thirty, we'll get started and all of that. But uh, we got we got a lot to talk about, and there's only going to be two Lakeland teams that are going to be in the playoffs uh, coming up this Friday night. That being Greenwood and Abbeville. So we'll go into depth, hopefully, in both of those uh, in the process. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown. Greenwood. B-Rad's got happy hour going. Got some folks already around the bar uh, saying hello, watching uh, some replay games uh, and listening to us in the process. And they've got great food here to go along with it. I didn't. I got here a little late today, so I didn't get the chance to, to get my uh, usual. But for the most part, the staff is very friendly. They do a great job. Clyde, um, in the evenings, he'll be the one cooking for you. And just tell him what you want in that regard. And then they have breakfast uh, to go uh-huh. along with that. Yeah, like I tell you, if you haven't had breakfast up here, you're going to miss out on a lot. No, I still have to try that. I haven't had his grits and cheese yet. Oh, you so got to have that, Tom. I got to get you back accustomed. <laughs> All right. Uh, one final note on the high school aspect. Tonight, uh, the Touchdown Club is going to meet. They're going to be talking to NIL uh, to go along with that. Uh, they're also going to have uh, the Thanksgiving Day Feast, I guess, is what we're looking at. So we got turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, squash casserole, um, green beans, and casserole, and all awesome, of that. Awesome, man. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, all the healthy stuff. Right, I'm in for that though. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think they're feeding us all that so won't so everybody will sit down in a chair and go to sleep when mm-hmm. the NIL girls talking. Look at him, and we don't don't start asking questions. The book's ready at midnight. <laughs> the book's ready. All right, but uh, anybody that does truly, anybody that does 
have a question about the NIL or would like to learn more about it, tonight's the night to come. Um, and, of course, like Tom said, with the Thanksgiving meal, you get a good meal. I'll probably sleep through it, too, so don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Tom, let me ask one or two. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I asked your question last time, so you can ask mine this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the games that happened uh, this past Saturday as college aspects got underway. Both the Gamecocks and the Tigers end up with big wins in this regard. And let's go ahead and start with the Tigers because they had the biggest win. They end up beating, um, what, number 15? Number 15. And, uh, yeah, 31-23, the final over the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And, uh, guys, when you look at this one, really they took Klubnik out of the equation altogether as not making him the featured a part of this offense, it became the film office show <laughs> for the most part. And um, boy, I tell you what, it, what a difference it makes in having a, a running back that runs downhill. Well, you say film off, I say Trotter. <laughs> well, Trotter on defense helps a lot. There too. you go. I mean, that kid was the was the Clemson defense this week. I I just I mean I all in all I think a lot of times I think Shipley's been that pitcher you look at. And you, he's that shiny toy, and you want him to get his yards, and you want to do everything else. Kind of a lot like Rattler on, on our team. But I think Moffat overall is the better player. I, I mean, I just do. And, I mean, I think there are places for Shipley, and we've said it all year long, man. You need a good slot guy out there to receive the ball, go get it. He's your guy. I mean, he'd take the place for the kid out of Dutch Fort. It's still – he's nagging with injuries. Something's going on with him. I can't think of his name. It, um, Tyler? No, not Tyler Brown. No. Oh. The other one from Columbia, from Dutch Fort. Walker? Uh, uh, Williams. Williams. Antonio yeah, Antonio Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's been hurt. He's got a, a foot injury. And, and, you know, he was he – was, he, he, they pull him off inactive list, and then he didn't play at all. So, something's still with him. But, like, I think I think Stan hit it good, though, in that game. I think Stiletto, your boy finally stepped up for a huge game. And, I mean, played well. I mean – Well, we, I think the, the, the coaching staff may – and this may go back to last year, that uh, didn't really have the confidence that uh, Mafa, his ball security was a little lax. Uh, of course, hopefully he's worked on it and it's gotten better, where Shipley was always known as the guy that was not going to turn the ball over. And then all of a sudden, toward the end of last year, Shipley started putting it on the ground a little bit. And then going into this year, he's had a few fumbles. Moffa's been able to hold on to the ball. Shipley's faster, yeah. breakaway speed-wise. But if I'm having trouble scoring in in the red zone, and I got a back like Moffa, I'm gonna say, okay, offensive line, it's on your shoulders. Because if you don't get out of the way, he's gonna step on you, and he's gonna hurt you when he <laughs> steps on you, because he's a big boy. He is uh, 36 rushes for 186 yards, two touchdowns to go along with it, um, averaging 5.2 a carry in that regard. And, um, you know, he was just a beast all night. Bo Collins ended up showing up in this game uh, after being absent for the last nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, El Clemson fans are happy uh, that he's back in the mix of all of this. He got three catches for 37 um, to go along with it. But, uh, you know, they. I think focusing more on what the OC wants to do in this regard, and that is he wants to run the ball. And the, the, 
the gravy portion of it is the passing game. Yeah, exactly. And and so that's that's finally we went to something similar to what everybody thought we were going to see. Here's the thing, and the thing I like about Garrett Riley is, I mean, he knew coming in he didn't have Max Duggan. He had K. Colton. You a little bit younger guy, but I remember when Chandler Morris and Duggan went at it for the starting job. I mean. When you got a kid like him who's now in the pros, I mean, that's night and day. But the one thing, like, the numbers right there you just said, 36 for 187, is what we want to see in Columbia with Mario Anderson. Give him the ball 36 times and see what his yardage total can be. We know he's going to get the touchdowns. For Moppa to get the touchdowns, like you say, in the red zone where they have struggled, that's huge for the Tigers. And I think that's something now that maybe even Dabo's listening to what coaches say, Coach Riley's saying now, and they're working together. He and Jeff Scott are finally getting it together, and they're coming up with some game plans. And I think down the road it's going to be a lot easier, or a lot better. Excuse me. It's not going to get any easier because you're getting you starting to play teams now that are really improved. Well, I still think they've got a a very important cog out there that they're not using, and that's their tight end. Brendan Stool. When you've got Brendan Stool sitting out there at six seven, <laughs> how do you overthrow the guy? Number one. So if you get down there in the red zone. I'm going to be trying to get him in. I'm going to be drawing up plays to get him in one-on-one situations with a linebacker that might be six foot at best and get him the ball, but that's just me. <laughs> yep. And defensively, um, oh. you look at Jeremiah Trotter, seven solo tackles, four assists for, what, 11 total tackles, tackles? Two sacks to go along with that for 13 yards, plus he had the pick six. Uh, on top of that, that went for 28 yards in that regard. So yeah, add that on top of uh, hello, welcome, Peter Woods. Peter Woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he, I mean, that defense was all over Sam Hartman all night long. Um, if I can go back, let me look and see how many times did Sam Hartman end up getting sacked Saturday. Um, he got uh, was uh, it two sacks. But how many times was he hurt? I mean, he was constantly. Yeah, he was hurried the whole. And I like what he said. He says, "Listen, I've never come to to Clemson not had, you know, people asking me." He says, "You go to Clemson, it's like an interrogation, man. They're coming at you hard every play." And I mean, he just didn't have an answer. Yeah, he's only five against. And and at that point in time, that's what I say. I think you got to let a guy like Estime, you know, get in there and do some work around the football. And then, like I said, Trotter just shuts that down too. So all in all, probably your best game all year. As a combined team effort. Now, add the kicking game into this because Swanson, five (laughs) kicks inside the 20. I think all five were actually inside the 10-yard line uh, to go along with that. So, you're pinning them deep, particularly late in the fourth quarter. And that's what Marcus Freeman said. He says, we've seen some good punters that we play good teams. He said, this kid right here, he said, he just – he's like a mortician. He ain't going to let off the gas, man. When he starts – Putting that fluid in you, man, he's, he, it's over. And he said that's what the, – the one thing they never could overcome was kicking. And he said, well, they didn't expect that from Clemson, especially on the punting side. Yeah. So. Well, I think, too, the defense did create a few turnovers this week. And, you know, you know we know the offense did turn the ball over, but it was – it wasn't a four-turnover game by the offense and a zero-turnover game by the defense. It kind of evened out and helped out a little bit, so – Continue to play good defense, get the turnovers, and give you give your offense decent field position instead of being like Notre Dame and starting every possession inside the ten. <laughs> All right, here's what Dambo Sweeney had to say on Sunday night's conference calls last night. Just kind of wrapping up our uh, <clears throat> staff meeting here, and um, 
just kind of putting this game to bed and getting ready to move on to the next one. But uh, it was a great win, a uh, special day in the Valley. Really proud of our staff and our team for <clears throat> just their their fight uh, to, to win the game and, you know, just their, their uh, the spirit and edge that they had, you know, all week and trying to prepare for it. Uh, <clears throat> Notre Dame is a really good team. Uh, we did a lot of good things. The biggest thing is we were tough, we were physical, and, uh, man, the guys were ready to go. I was just really proud of that. Um, we weren't perfect, but but we did do a lot of good things. We, we played, I thought, as complete a half as we played all year that first half and <clears throat> got control of the game 24 to 9. Uh, now we just got to find a way to, you know, put the four quarters together. Uh, but a lot of a lot of great things uh, in the game. Again, the toughness, the physicality. Uh, we were better fundamentally in, in, in several areas. A um, uh, lot of good things in special teams. We the field position was huge for us. Uh, as I said last night, I mean, punt return uh, created good field position as well. We averaged almost a first down <clears throat> per return, nine and a half yards of return. Um, and then again, our punt team was awesome. Uh, the effort with the guys to down the ball, Aiden was outstanding. Uh, so the field position was, was just really, really critical for us. Uh, defensively, we were physical, we were tough. You know, we were ready as a team that kicked our teeth in last year. And uh, I loved how we responded, even though we had a few mistakes, um, you know, uh, a couple missed assignments. <clears throat> we didn't contain the quarterback or, you know, carry the back on the hot blitz. Um, uh, but, man, they competed their tails off, three of 14 on third and fourth down. Uh, the difference in the game was red zone for us. I mean, I thought defensively we, we won all the situations. We won red zone. We won two-minute. We won backed up. We, we scored on defense. We, we had three takeaways. So I was really excited about that. Um, and um, just proud of those guys, man. I mean, the, the pick six was huge. Trotter was awesome. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> again, a few things we need to definitely clean up. The goal line stand at the red zone. We scored touchdowns in the red zone, and we held them to field goals, and that was a difference in the game. So just a hard-fought uh, battle by those guys, a lot of guys out, and uh, <clears throat> guys just rallied. Offensively, you know, we averaged uh, 5.2 a carry. Moffa did, and Dominique was 5.3 a carry. Uh, but it's good to see us get the run game going, and, and I'm just really, really proud of, of Trent Howard and, and Harris Sewell. Um, that, you know, played every snap and, um, you know, really did a good job, man. Uh, Lenticum went in there for a few plays, too, on a critical drive. Uh, we didn't have any penalties. Uh, did a good job protecting our quarterback. We had some critical plays uh, by several different guys. Uh, but we were physical, again, better fundamentally. And <clears throat> probably the best part of the offensive day was after the – the horrendous uh, pick return to the two or three, whatever it was, and we went on like a 12-play drive and answered with a touchdown. And I think that shows – that's a real sign of some growth and some maturity and some mental toughness to be able to respond like that, and especially Bo, you know, coming back with a really good route and a big third-down conversion. <clears throat> uh, so a lot of good things, um, but still just had, had some, you know, some negative yards that we need to eliminate – a uh, couple bad snaps, which we haven't had all year, um, and uh, not not quite as good as we need to be on third down. A couple drops, 
and um, you know things we need to keep working through. But all, all in all, a good team win for us. So there you have uh, Dabo Sweeney, his press conference last night uh, to the media, uh, kind of wrapping it up, as he said. But you can tell this is a guy that wants more. He, yeah, we did a lot of good things, but we did a lot of bad things. We need to correct this. We need to get things turned around. Yeah, you never you never totally have a perfect game. There's no such team in football and college. And like I said, I think going into it, I think they got, you know, tough game coming up this week. But you know what? You can sleep on this win. That's a big win over a, a top you know, 20 team, and, and so that, that's positive because, like you said, he knocked their teeth in last year on the road, and then, like I said, they come in probably Clemson thinking, you know what, this is the year we may get a win at Tiger Town, and it just didn't happen. And I still say Tyler's MVP this week, so if you get him back on, man, he's a legend now, man. Like I said, when you're on an NFL network and they following Tyler and his comments, I mean, a lot of NFL coaches better be calling him. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, also good. Just kind of wrapping up the Tigers' win here, win number one sixty six for Coach Dabo Sweeney, making him Clemson's all time winningest coach, right behind Frank Howard. Uh, he was for what three games? It just seemed he couldn't get. He was tied that long, um, and finally comes up with the big win uh, over the Fighting Irish, and that means even more, I think. And I think well, we- he's got that off his shoulders now. Now he can go back and just say, now we just. Now, now the only thing that can happen is I can add wins to this total and make it harder for somebody else to come in here and beat me with win totals. All right, moving on to the South Carolina Gamecocks. What a battle this was. Uh, how long was it tied 28-28? It seemed like a quarter and a half. It just <laughs> – and all of a sudden it became a defensive battle in the mix of all that, and then the pick six uh, to open it up, and then the scoring floodgates open for Carolina this one as they come away with a, uh, another huge win, 38-28 final in this one. I thought the funny thing was the first thing I saw about – and I had researched – you know, Rich Rod, you know about – I like this comment. He said, I don't lose many two games and Willie, Willie B. I like it. I like the coach here. Um, he's already politicking. But, you know, Zion Webb, his quarterback, was in his seventh year? I mean – I still don't understand with the co- I mean, Get the COVID year would make six. Yeah. Counting your yeah. – re- yeah. yeah. But they said year. seven. And I was they like – So there's a medical – medical I guess. But, I mean, 12 for 23. If you've been there seven years, you ought to be better than fifty percent passing the football. I'll just say that, and because it's not because our defense is that great, I will be the first to say. And but I told Stan, a win's a win, but this this doesn't mean anything to me. Beating Jacksonville State, struggling to beat Jacksonville State, thirty-eight twenty-eight, it doesn't do it for me. It, it puts me further on the roll that we got to make some changes. I don't mean head coach, but we got to make some changes. If it's got to be Clayton White, he's got to be sacrificed. If you got sacrificed, Laugans, he's got to be. You cannot have a put out like this in that game like that. This is the game that you give Mario Anderson the ball 36 times, and hopefully he gets that many yards like Moffa did. And we're still not doing it. You know, we're, we're gave, still, he gave it to him 16 for what 83? It's 75. But, 75. But and I'm you know and that's okay because he's getting the output. I mean, like I said, Willie thinks he's a lot better than I think he is, and I mean I I just don't see it. But anyway. Uh, we lose to Karen Joyner, who's been one of our stalwarts all year. He's out. He's on crutches today, or I, I saw he was on crutches. So, hopefully get him back. We'll lose two more linemen. Yep. Um, so, but I'm not one of these guys that's going to throw lines while we lose, and we got so many injuries. We're so I'm not going to throw that out. This is a bad football team that's got to be fixed. When you're paying players, like I told you all, seven and three ain't cutting. It's just not cutting. Well, so, and, and looking at – just look at Rattler's stats. I mean, he had 399 yards passing. Uh, you look at X-Man, 
He had nine receptions for 217. 217? I don't think you can ask much more from those two players. Uh, but Stan, that's I agree, the problem. I agree that you can, you should give the ball more to Mario. Uh, but the, there were other players on the field that caught the ball. I mean, we had we did spread it around a little bit. Uh, yeah, seven receivers. Yeah, in the catch. And, and I'm okay with that. But my problem with this whole deal is it's always been about Spencer Rattler and his numbers. That's where we're. That's where my problem comes into play. I don't mind a good quarterback doing everything else, but when every play is for him to make his yardage, or run for his yardage, or whatever he's going to do, run. I'm telling you, if you would just sit back, and this is where saying I do disagree. This, if you sit back and let him take his time and find his receiver, he's going to throw picks. The reason that the pro scouts like him is because the pro football now is about blitzing and rushing. You're running for your life, and that's where he will be successful. It's just not, like I said, he's just, I mean, and he's a team player. I will give him that, Stan. I mean, how many times have we had a 400-yard passer? We don't have it many times. But well, the whole offense does. is around him. I mean, that's that's my problem with it. And, I mean, defensively, like I said, we do. And, you know, first time ever, I, I love Clayton White, but, yeah, we need to make some changes. And, I mean, it starts with either offensive linemen or coaches, and that would be Beamer and that would be Loggins, or it's going to be defensive secondary, which would be Hensley. I don't know. Defensive secondary, I thought, you know, Marcel Dials played oh, he's another played good solid. game. And Fortune is getting to be like Dials because people are not wanting to throw at those two guys. Uh, Stone Blanton coming off injury, Stone man. Blanton, Blanton coming off. Linebackers were solid. Uh, defensive line, yeah. We need to work on some end rushers, finding some. Uh, but, you know, are we a good team? We don't know because we've had so many injuries there. I mean, we finally get A.B. back. Leggett still was not at 100%, and the guy still had 217 yards. But it's uh, like I told you. I mean, Michigan's got three starters out, two are doing the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, it could be conference they're playing in, but, but game, this game right here, 38-28 is a joke. And anybody well, just, I, I, I agree <laughs> we gave up too many points, but uh, – you know, to score 38. I mean, all year. Win. Yeah. Well, like I said, we got – this will be a tough game coming in this weekend, yeah. so we'll see how it goes. Because they've totally lost all their players. Vanderbilt is – they're on their third-string quarterback now. So, and you remember – like Coast. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, A.J. AJ Swan was second in the country in passing after the first three weeks. And, I mean, how do you overcome that? But I said, this time of year, everybody's got injuries. I mean, I just get tired of hearing about that's our reason, that we're not a good football. We're not a good football team. We don't have the coaches and players where they need to be. I still say, I, Dow Loggins, might, he might prove me to be the best coach in football, and I'll have to eat plenty of crew. I'll eat it. But and I, I, you're going to have to make me eat it because I don't think his game plan is what we need. All right, Shane Beamer uh, Sunday night media call uh, came his way. This one was uh, this one was kind of late uh, last night, but uh, here's Shane what he had to say concerning and putting the putting the baby to bed uh, against the Gamecocks. Really proud of our guys. Um, it wasn't pretty uh, at times, that's for sure, but no one panicked. And uh, in the fourth quarter, we outscored them ten to nothing, and and uh, against a good team, found a way to to uh, to win it. Uh, certainly want to. Uh, and I told our team today that, you know, a team that wasn't mentally tough would probably have found a way to lose that game, and, and we found a way to, to win it at the end. 
certainly want to thank our fans. I know noon kickoffs aren't the easiest, particularly for people traveling from a distance uh, to get up here. Uh, but, you know, they, uh, as always, created a great atmosphere. Had a high school prospect in my office this morning at 9 a.m., uh, one of the best players in the entire country. And I asked him, you know, what would you think of the weekend? And the first thing he commented on was the atmosphere in the stadium yesterday and how amazing it was. And uh, he was a guy that was here last year for the Georgia game, and he's a guy that was here two years ago for the Florida game. So he's uh, he's seen this place. So thank our fans for that. Um I know that uh, yesterday uh, we're happy about the win. Stan, you know, certainly going to celebrate victories around here. And like I told you guys yesterday, we're always going to come in on Sundays, win or lose, and learn from it and uh, tell the truth and correct and, and hold guys accountable. And there was a lot of good yesterday, but we are well aware that uh, yesterday's performance will not be good enough the next three weeks. And uh, our team knows that, and all three phases, offense, defense, or special teams. So we have to be better. Uh, it's good to, you know, to get a win, obviously, a lot to correct, and uh, we got to get better as a team and do it quickly here with another SEC opponent coming to town on Saturday. Uh, offensively, our players of the game were uh, Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. Uh, obviously, you know, Spencer, we, we didn't run the ball well yesterday, but we threw the ball for a lot of yards, and Xavier had a fantastic day as a receiver, uh, two of the best players in this conference, in this country, and uh, they showed it yesterday. But then we also uh, named all three running backs, Mario Anderson, Juju McDowell, and on Joyner. We as coaches felt like they deserved recognition as players of the game also because uh, we played with three running backs on the field yesterday, and they had to do everything, not just run the ball. They had to understand everything from a passing game standpoint because they were doing the same things that our receivers and tight ends normally would do. They had to know run blocking. Uh, you'll see the carry-on joiner in there blocking defensive ends and and uh, blocking down on toss-crack plays, uh, things that were new to them until this week, and they came in and did an amazing job. Uh, defensively, our players of the game were Debo Williams, Tonka Hemingway and Nick Eman Worry. Uh, both of those guys made a lot of impactful plays yesterday and flew around special teams with Mitch Jeter and Boogie Huntley. Um, you know, Boogie is another guy I thought stood out on defense as well. Uh, there's a great play. We're in man coverage, and, and it's a third down, and, and the quarterback starts to run, and he's going to run for a first down. This is in the second half, and uh, they have the lead on us. And Boogie makes an unbelievable individual effort from the backside to to get the quarterback on the ground and uh, was an unbelievable play. Told him that yesterday, and it's even more impressive today. And then from a special team standpoint, we recognized him. He makes all the calls on our punt team, and we were facing a team yesterday that literally they come after you and try and block every punt. So there was a lot on Boogie's plate, and he did a nice job getting us in the right looks or right calls protection-wise on punt and then block him. Um... We always recognize our Gamecock MVP, somebody, you know, maybe not necessarily a player, but somebody that went above and beyond the call of duty and did their part, and that was our scout team defense. They did an awesome job last week, just the energy and the spirit they practiced with. Uh, they increased the energy in practice with their competitive spirit last week. So there you have Shane Beamer, his thoughts uh, on how the game went uh, and all the if, if MVPs, I guess you would say, to go along with all that. And, then, I mean, it, it – you can add a lot more to that because I think the defensive line, particularly late in that fourth quarter, really stood up against a team that was throwing the ball well. 
Everybody, he hit Debo Williams, Imamori. He left out Yashis Greer, I mean, Gear, who I think had a great game. I had a fumble recovery that he forced himself. I mean, Tonka with the with the touchdown. I mean, just great. Stone Blanton, he, he left Stone out. And Fortune had a really good game. And, I mean, that's what you got to do in a game like that. And I will never, let me just say, I will never fault Shane Beamer for his passion, ever. He's probably the most passionate coach there is. A lot of times it's a little bit more than that. It's kind of like when Clemson had the, the the Bible salesman up there coaching and nobody liked him either. But, I mean, like I said, you can never – this guy's passion is unreal. It's like I said, he's just over – he's responsible for, for the coaching staff. So, like I said, we'll see what he does. I mean, but like I said, when he – and it's, it is more than than rushing yards. You know, when you do your chop blocks and you do your you, you, your toss sweeps and stuff like that. And, and it's to just give Ju- – because Juju's done nothing all year. I mean, he was six carries 23 yards yesterday – or Saturday, excuse me. Joiner three for three. But, I mean, if they're doing what they're supposed to do and making the blocks they need, it helps the team better. Yeah, you call them out and you give them whatever award you want to give them because they're doing their job. I mean, it's not always about scoring and rushing or receiving. All right, uh, so with that coming up next week, uh, you're at home the rest of the season. Yeah. That's a good thing to have happen. But you got uh, the Vanderbilt Corm- Commodores coming into town, and Vanderbilt seems to be one of those teams that uh, is constant here. I mean, you're going to see not a great rushing offense, but you're going to see a great passing offense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they've had uh, they've had as, probably as many years as we have. I mean, I I don't know, like I say, when you can't lose two quarterbacks and and do and things like that, and linemen on both sides of the ball. And like I said, they, I watched them play Georgia. I watched them play Florida. I mean, I mean, they've been competitive in the first half of every game. So if they come out like that Saturday and they play a really good first half, I mean, we're really going to have to play that second half like we played last week. So definitely a game we need. I mean, at this point in time, we need all we can get positive things to happen to Columbia because we're like I said, I think we're three and six now. So you know, go three and seven, and who knows? I mean, Stan. I mean, who knows? I mean, I didn't think we'd get there. And like I said, I'll, I'll be glad to eat the crow, but we still got to win the games. And last game's still going to be those Tigers. <laughs> it looks like we're going to need for, for possibly a bowl game. So, All right. Well, let's talk about uh, another game that took place. That was Coastal Carolina. Everybody thought uh, that, that Guess was going to come out, and he was just going to highlight and uh, open up and, and just dominate from the get-go. Well, it turns out that Ethan Vasco, ended up coming out instead and uh he didn't do too bad either 17 to 31 180 yards had a touchdown did throw a pick but he uh and he got sacked twice but for the most part he managed the game the way he needed to average and he ran the ball 21 attempts for 183 yards uh a touchdown there as well so every time that he decided that he was going to take off it went for about eight yards or more okay old dominions in norfolk virginia correct okay yep. <laughs> You know, the where Ethan, you know where Ethan Vasco is from? Take a wild guess. I got it right here. I'm not going to say it. I'll let him guess. But I know where his age got it right here. But he's yeah. also a true freshman. So. Yeah, and he's from Norfolk, Virginia. He's so from Chesapeake. How, so yeah. how did how did Old Dominion <laughs> let him get out of their backyard? I mean, come on. But yeah. I mean, He went further south. This is the third-team quarterback, and he actually started the game. And. Took him a little while to get started, I guess, but uh, <laughs> big comeback. Sam picked it a local product. Tim had a big game. Catches the game-winning pass right there at the end. Uh, a back shoulder from about 20 out, I think. And, yeah, uh, seven for 69 he went for. Yeah. Tom, other than Caleb receiver. Williams, let's say, and Mike Penix Jr., give, give, give Velasco the stats real quick. 
Because these are what you would see from a Penix Jr. or a Heisman candidate, really, because, I mean, his stats are unreal. 17-31 uh, to 31 for 180 throwing with a TD and an INT. And then running the ball, 21 of for 183, um, or excuse me, for 170, and a TD to go along with that. A freshman quarterback. A freshman quarterback. <laughs> in a D1 program. What are you going to need next year, maybe, in Clemson? <laughs> we need a quarterback. Uh, would the portal be a good place to get one? <laughs> and you got one right down the road at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But I know Coach Beck's going to say, oh, no. He, no, he, he, he's he, staying here, and, he, and he, he, look, he knows what he's got come back because he looks at that running back room and says, Yep. He yeah. looks at that wide receiver room and says, yep. But like much like Old Dominion, I mean, I'm sure they didn't practice for this kid. But did, no. did anybody put a spy on Vasco at all for Old Dominion? I don't think no. there was there was anybody even eyeing him as, no. as well, often think, as he I ran. think that's kind of what happened with Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State had no answer whatsoever for Xavier Leggett. That's why he ends up with 217 yards. I mean, I think they threw every defense they could throw at him, and they just couldn't stop him. And the same way with this, I feel like Old Dominion, you know, well, we put a spy on him. He's he's throwing the ball all over us. And they got these big-time receivers out here that can catch it and run with it. Uh, do, we, do, we, do we do that, or do we kind of try to stop? Well, we can try to stop the run game, and we might have stopped the running backs. With a S, because they played about four, I think. Oh, but all of a sudden the quarterback's running for, what'd you say, 185? Not too many quarterbacks do that. <laughs> I can't wait to Thursday because we're going to talk about who their next opponent is. And I don't know if y'all know about what it is, but TJ Pilling's quarterback at Texas State, it was yeah. at LSU. Yeah. And how he fell all the way to radar, off the radar down to here is huge. I mean, he's got 2,500 yards passing as a sophomore. I mean, so that's going to be a great matchup. I wish Gracie can get off that, off of the concussion thing, man, and come in there and those two go head-to-head. But that's going to be an interesting game this coming Saturday. Yeah. Well, we had another great game that took place on Saturday. Number two, Furman taking on number 13, Chattanooga in this one. And, boy, was this, this a uh, ball, ball game. Fight. It was. It 17-14 the final in this one um, when you look at it. And uh, Furman, for the most part, I mean – Total yards, 244, but they gave up 357 um, to Chattanooga. And in reality, you can kind of look and say that Chattanooga lost this game. It wasn't and actually or actually won by the Paladins who ended up yeah. getting the win, but Chattanooga beat themselves. They did. I mean, that's all you can say. Tyler Huff barely played in this game, a quarterback. You know, Carson Jones played, and then Roberto, they shut him down, 15 for 61. And, I mean – when you got your two star players on this team and they don't have 100 yards combined, your quarterback and rushing, you don't win this game, really. And it all came down to your boy, Artem Pamias. So have Artem, <laughs> you know, he, like I said, 20 for 38 for 289, two touchdowns. And like he said, that defense is what won it for Furman this week. And not only that, they won the SOCON. So, even bigger win for them. The trophy came back. Comes even bigger in that regard. So, next week um – you know, it's it's uh, they return home. It's going to be Senior Day, Military Appreciation Day. Uh, they get VMI, who really isn't that good. Uh, they should win this. You should actually see uh, the starters start the third quarter, but probably it'll uh, go one possession of an out. Uh, yeah. Give it up for some other folks in that regard. So that's what surprised me about Huff not playing a whole lot and just letting Carson Jones get in there and do his thing and see what he can do. Because, like I said, this was an important game, you know, against a team that was seven and three. So interesting that, that that's the Clay Hendricks route that he took there. 
But yeah, he rested him for another week. This is the third yeah. year, I think, I heard the announcer say that they have gone into Chattanooga yeah. and, and ended up coming up with a win with both teams ranked. That's a, and that's there again, man. Clay Hendricks is really a good coach. And I think that's why they're continuing to climb in the rankings. If you haven't watched Furman play, it's a fun team to watch. It really is. Go and watch the Dens. The Dens. Yep. Or yeah. listen to Dan Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I turned on the TV and turned on the radio at the same time. So Dan does a good job, a, man. He, he, a he, lot of fun. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go across the uh, uh, Lake Greenwood here over to uh, PC. A uh, end up Ooh. with a, a hard one. This <laughs> San Diego had a long airplane ride over to the East Coast to take on Presbyterian. They end up uh, winning. San Diego does twenty-three to thirteen in this one. Um, celebrating military preaching day day in the process of all of that. But uh, additionally, visitors, 103 return yards. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is a team that specializes in special teams, it seems like. Going, going into it, it was, you know, two, three, and six teams going at it. It was a home game. Like you like, stayed always a lose to. You come all the way across country. I mean, you expect a jet lag to hurt you. Yeah. Um, but like I said, they came in and they had his stats. I mean, like I said, Tyler Wesley, what, 14, 30 for 153 and two picks. And then, you know, running the ball, well, he ran the ball for 56 yards, two and a touchdown. But like I said, that's, this is the game when I look at the stats that you probably could have lost. But your defense and special teams kept you in it. So, and those, those helmets they wore were fire. They looked good. I don't know if you saw them standing with PC with the flags. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the and red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool, and that was military preaching for sure there. And, I mean, it was it was a good house at Bailey, and like I said, they always show up there. They're loud and proud, too. So, uh, like I said, sooner or later, man, it's like we done put a little jinx on them since we started claiming them. But, <laughs> um, like I said, their road doesn't get easier, any easier either. So. Yeah, they got Drake uh, coming up here um, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, second straight visiting team that, that – <laughs> Has been ranked and is part of that uh, playoff picture as well. So they're six and zero. Oh. So PC's playing a rapper, Drake the rapper. So that's gonna be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that. Well, like I said, I mean, it's, it doesn't get any easier for him. And it just and what they're doing now is, I mean, they're utilizing Tyler Wesley to want to because he's got the experience. But you know, some other guys have got to start getting some carries. And in this game, I, that's my stats, Tom Carroll. That's it. You probably got more than I got, but that's all I could find. <laughs> you know, 14 for 30, and then, like I said, he ran the ball for 56 too. So, yeah, I mean, well, that's about the extent of the highlights. Wasn't so. a lot of the, the stats out there, man. That's another one hard team. To, you won't, And the one team I didn't do, you're fixing to talk about now, and I can't find them on ESPN app, or I know you have to go to their app. But I, I try – I've got PC on CBS Sports, and I've got um, Berman on the ESPN app mm-hmm. too. So, I can't get Erskine. Well, uh, Erskine is uh, 0-10, and, uh, and they're 0-8 in the sack as of right now. They suffer a big loss to Emory and Henry as they had to go up there. 56-14, to uh, the final in this one. Um, you look at, at uh, Marquille Brown. He ended up uh, hauling in a 23-yard touchdown reception in the first quarter that tied the game at 7 at that point. Uh, also, uh, Samaj Johnson, he had his first touchdown of the season early in the fourth quarter to kind of add to that. So some highlights. Uh, that came out of this game. Craig Pender, um, 97 yards in the game through the air, uh, including that first quarter touchdown that I just talked about. But uh, E&H, they outgained the fleet in the air, 183 to 111 in that regard. We won't even get into uh, the rushing yards. Two, what, 211 to 62 in that regard. So, And this is a team that has been rushing the ball really, really well. 
I mean, we we put the pressure on the run the football, and then you know sometimes you meet a team that defensively is just better yeah. than that offensive line is. I mean, defensive line for them was better than the offensive line of Erskine. I mean, but you're starting to slowly see some improvements on an zero and ten year, zero and eleven year. Mm-hmm. And there's no moral victories in it, but I mean, you do see positives for the next year, and I think a lot of it still got to do with recruiting the right players in and out. And I think he can do that. All right, well, the uh, last game of the year for them is going to be coming up here Saturday, 1 o'clock. It's their last regular season home game, so it'll be at JW Babb Stadium. However, the opponents, the same opponent that came into the sack as the year that you did, um, you ended up getting the first win against them. They have won the next two in the process of all that, and that is uh, is Burton College. Burton College right now 5-5, 3-5 in the sack. They're a couple of games ahead of you. Uh, Barton's one of those teams you gotta. I mean, you sooner or later they they just gotta quit looking at. Here's what if I was coach Shot Boyd, I'd say this team's ten and one. They don't have the same record we do. They're ten and one. Show me you can be a better team. And at that point in time, you know, Pender may say, "Oh, they're ten and one." Don't tell them they're the same record as you are, or, or a little bit better because they're a little bit better than they are, of course, because no wins on the year, but um, make them think you're playing a, a, a Coastal or a Clemson team and, and go from there. But like I said, uh, we got to have improvement, continue to try to rush the football and, and go from there. I mean, there, I don't know. When you when you had won a game, I mean, it, it's tough. That's, t- that's tough sledding as a coach and players because they go out every week to practice and they practice their butts off weekly and they're just not coming up with anything. Well, and there's a trend now that's starting to happen at Erskine that we got to be careful of here because we don't want the baseball team to, to fall into this trend. <laughs> but remember last year the basketball team – Never won a game. Well, this year, it, it's looking like the football team isn't going to win a game. Let's not hope that it happens during the football season or the I've baseball already, season. I've already seen some highlights today from on the Facebook live post feeds from the gymnasium over there, and there, I saw two slams that I were like, I thought I was watching ESPN, like <laughs> really, because I mean they were two dunks over there, and we didn't see that at all last year. So, all right, uh, what happened with Chris's chaos this past week? Uh, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't so bad. I mean, like I said, we had um, it was a decent week for us. I went three and one. The one loss was no, I had two losses. Excuse me, I did lose Kansas State. I took them over Texas, and they Texas broke my. I mean, they broke my heart again. That's two times. And then you know, I picked USC over Washington because it was at home. And mm-hmm. Penix man came out. That was a great game. Both teams over four hundred yards passing. Um, and then I had Oklahoma State with my big win because they did beat Venables in Oklahoma. Last one. And then for the Tiger fans, B-Rad's right there, man. I, I took DJ Uwe, man, and he, he did not let me down against Colorado. So, uh, you know, Oregon State going and beating a Colorado team at home. And then the big one for me was Noah Fippita. And Arizona upsets Arizona. I'm going to upset UCLA. So, battle of two freshman quarterbacks. <laughs> so. All right, uh, Chris's Chaos coming your way again on Thursday. We'll find out which teams you end up picking. In that oh, regular. man, it's going to be tough. Yep. You could pick Vandy and South Carolina in that one. I, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was that close. Hey, to, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Yeah. That was a game I almost picked, and then when I walked out the door, B-Red said, I got that one. I was glad I didn't pick it because B-Red, he took his Tigers, and he deserves a win there. <laughs> All right, it's time for Did They Earn Their Money? A chance where we go through and we find out uh, which players uh, involved in the NIL, did they earn their cash this past weekend? Let's start with the Tigers first and foremost. Trotter. Trotter. Trotter one is. <laughs> he, on, he's only going to give it to Trotter. So. I, 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 no, I'm going to give it to Moffa too. But oh, Moffa definitely I'm going to give it to Trotter. Uh, 
we might give Spoleto a little bit. Yeah, Swanson uh, for sure. sure. Yeah, the way and, he put it know, um, And, uh, you know, special teams guys, yeah. I mean, you know, he kept them pinned back. Uh, Defensively the, Trotter. The, yeah, the defense <laughs> so. did, though, creating the three turnovers. That, yep. That's totally opposite of what they've been doing all year. Uh, the offense still had a few turnovers, clubbing it with the INT. But uh, clubbing it played decent. I mean, he, he still – He's still learning. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, give them the money because they earned it. There's <laughs> right. no doubt. For South Carolina, who earned their money uh, yeah, there? Who got, didn't earn their money? Well, right? I was going to say, well, yeah. You've got, you got to give the money to Rattler. you got to give it to X-Man. I mean, just look at the stats alone. Give it to Mario uh, and the running backs. They they may not have had the, the yardage, say, that Moffa had. But with the offensive line, with the holes that we've got, that fishnet up there, these guys are having to come in and throw their – and Juju McDowell is not the biggest running back in the world. And to, to ask him and to carry on to start blocking some of these 6'5", 280 defensive ends that can run like deer, yeah, uh, we'll give them their money because they, they need it today to pay for all that ointment to put on all them bruises they got. I promise right. you. I think Vasco uh, definitely earned the money oh, uh, yeah. for Coastal. Sam earned his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Beasley I, I, played better running the ball. Beasley played better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure about anybody on the defensive side, even though they played better in the fourth quarter than they did the other ones. But uh, our main people are going to get their money. Well, Sam's just proven. And you know, yeah, yeah. somebody asked you, "Do you think Sam's an NFL That's quality?" I think good. definitely he is. I mean. Yeah. It, this has been their leader on that team, he and Grayson. And I, you know, as far you, you got to be excited that you have a freshman quarterback down in the game, and you got a guy like Jerry Guest. Is, for some reason, we don't. Do we know why? I I, I think it could out. be a, a schematic thing that Beck did, said they were going to expect Guest, kind of like North Augusta and Greenwood. But um, I, yeah, I mean, this guy's a true freshman, and he's playing against a team in his backyard that didn't even say hey. Yeah. Didn't even well, got to win it when it was snowing. And he but, was mad. <laughs> but then, you, too, you look at Sam and the job Sam has done all year. Now, this was his third quarterback this year. And he's, you know, he might not be setting the world on fire with 300 yards receiving, but he's making big catches and big-time plays. And, hey. You know, and there again, y'all know how I feel about NL. And I don't mind NL for Sam Pittney because he's, he's – He's graduated, he's married, he's got a family, and he plays his butt off still like it's yeah. just an everyday thing. And, I mean, yep. that's the main reason I see him getting it. The other guys that are just, you know, guys coming in freshmen, I like to see them earn it. I like to see play before pay. I know it's pay, pay to play, but. Yeah. Who didn't earn their money this week? You can take any game throughout the nation. Shador? Probably Shador. But then, like I said, they've thrown my poor – there's a coordinator, if I could call right now, I'm calling Sean Lewis and say, look, Dion don't want you. He doesn't throw you under the bus, Bo. Come on to Carolina, because Sean Lewis, he's another one of those really good offensive coordinators that can put points on the board. And, that, I mean, that's what you, that's all you're looking for. I, I guarantee you somebody's already made the call mm-hmm. to see if he's really serious. or you know, He was just talking. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. 
So Dion was going to be hard enough to keep him. So maybe now Dion's trying to use reverse psychology. Well, did Dion earn his money as a coach? No, no, no. He, no. he hasn't. Well, he didn't earn it this and, week at all. And you look at LSU and Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, Brian Kelly never. They had they did not earn their money going into Alabama, and everybody thought that was going to be a game, but. Alabama just does what Alabama does, and that's win football games. And I don't think right now Georgia wants to play them. I look at Oklahoma. Gabriel didn't get hit. Yeah, he did because he had 344 in the yeah. game. But I was looking for Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels in that game. He only had 219 against Alabama, yeah. so no, he didn't get hit either. All right. So that's uh, did they earn it? You'll hear it every Monday during the football season. I love your music you put the- there. That's pretty good music. <laughs> uh, that's, we'll that's get, apropos. So. We're, we're going to buy a pumpkin and a Chick fil A sandwich. Mm. We'll get him for some his, good stuff. His, Too soon. <laughs> for, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> we don't want to get that started. No, though. we don't. All right. Uh, that does it for us. Another fun week uh, in the books, uh, weekend in the books. And we'll talk about this weekend coming up on Thursday. Hope that you enjoy us. Uh, do us a favor and let somebody know uh, that you listen to the Lakeland Sports Guys and how they can get a hold of us. We'd greatly appreciate that as well in the process. So you can come by and see us here uh, usually at 2.30 at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood on Mondays and Thursdays. And be sure to show up at the main event tonight for NIL presentation at the Greenwood Touchdown Club. Thanksgiving meal, turkey, ham, dressing, all that other stuff that Tom mentioned. So, uh, Be ready. You going with us to Touchdown Club? Turkey dressing and everything? On? All right, come on. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's Touchdown Club tonight. Don't forget. All right, that's the Coach Dan Spivey. Chris Cox next to me. I'm Tom Carroll. We're the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great week.